Hey, friend. Hey, friend. And hey to all of our new girlfriends that have joined in to listen. This is the Pam and Gina podcast, where us as best friends share our experiences from our own 10 year plus friendship. We open up our friendship to you, our listeners, on how we navigate the womanhood experience, the sisterhood experience, and how to maintain strong friendship ties with our crazy busy lives. And remember, these combos are based on our own personal experiences, so no professional advice is being given. Mm-hmm. So don't tell anyone that Pam and Gina told you to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so listen up, friends. Welcome back, listeners. You got your host, Pam, a.k.a. Sierra. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Not Sierra. And Gina, a.k.a. Toria. You can follow me on Instagram at Creole underscore me. Welcome back, friends. It is Money March. All about our finances, ways to secure and retain the bag. So today, friends, we have a special guest. Jayla Wilson is an executive support and communication specialist at Citibank. She works in their personal banking and wealth management technology department, creating and implementing internal communication strategies for executive leadership. She graduated from Arkansas State University in Jonesboro, Arkansas in 2016 with a bachelor's degree in creative media production. Jayla, welcome to the show, girl. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're excited to have you. So for our listeners, where can they find you and reach out to you and contact you? Okay, so y'all can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. Both handles for each is JJ underscore Renee, and that's J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore R-E-N-E-E. Awesome. So today we are really emphasizing saving and budgeting. Mm-hmm. So you had this long, fancy title, girl. Describe what your... My sis is official. She official. Official, Blow no whistle. whistle. Describe to us what your profession is, what your day-to-day looks like. Well, my current job doesn't actually deal as much with budgeting and saving, even though I work in a personal banking and wealth management department. Typically, my day-to-day, I do internal communication. So it's the technology department. So these people are creating apps and working with different... It could be anything from Google or Apple or Midas, you know, helping them with whatever technology and financial products they need. A lot of credit card services and stuff like that. But I specifically just work with the leaders with their internal communication. So it can be as simple as sending out emails that are like press releases, but internally presentations to announce, okay, these are the new partners we have and this is how it affects us. It's a lot of employee engagement. You know, we do surveys to figure out How are they interacting with us? Uh, The messages getting across. So that's typically my day-to-day. But prior to that, I worked for Southern Bank Corp and I was a media and content strategist. And what I did was external. So I did their social media, public relations, created financial blogs and vlogs, worked with different partners to talk about these types of things. And so at Southern is where I first really got into, their motto was, we are wealth builders for everyone. And a lot of times when you think of wealth building, you think of wealthy people, but it shouldn't just be for wealthy people. Everybody should have the opportunity and the ability to build wealth. So that's kind of where I got started in that field. 
I love that you said that you typically think of people that are already wealthy when we say wealth building. That's very true. And so with you being kind of a young, you know, African-American female in your industry and just learning more about the finance community, what can you say if you had any obstacles with maybe teaching someone else or getting them to even believe that you really know what you're talking about? Honestly, I feel like it's been some of the obstacles are just within our own community or just our mindsets. Like even when I first started working there, like my own parents, I've had to really work with them, the idea (laughs) of saving. And also when you don't come, a lot of us as black people don't come from abundance. So I feel like most of our lives has been okay. Our parents work, they pay bills. If it's anything extra, they try to do something nice for us, give some, put some money in church. And if there's anything else, they'll say, but the whole mindset needs to be opposite. Like, the best advice I learned was paying yourself first. But when you feel like I'm already struggling to make ends meet, how is it possible to say? And I think for me, I was able to kind of see both sides. Growing up with, you know, people who just didn't have just a ton of extra resources, I understand why they feel like it's hard to save. So part of it too, because people tell all the time, oh, just save, you know, cut back on coffee and things like that. But also if I have a very low income, I don't have as much money to save as someone who has a larger income. But either way, you have to be able to manage both of them. So I feel like it's really changing your mindset. It was the kind of hardest thing for people to understand. I love that mindset concept because that mindset that you have really does dictate what you are about to do, how your actions, how you move, everything. So as you said, with the mindset and what worked for you personally and that advice that you gave, you know, even your own parents, what would you say led you to your current role or, you know, your progression with saving and budgeting? Well, when I first graduated college, like most people, I just thought, ooh, I didn't graduate college. I got a degree. I'm about to be paid. That was not the case at all. I was very shocked with what my first salary offer was. And I didn't know much about negotiating. I just knew I needed a job and this is what I was being offered. So I feel like kind of out of disappointment with that, instead of me focusing on saving, because I was still living with my parents. So I really, even with my small income, should have been able to save a lot because they weren't really charging me rent. But I feel like this is a lot what Black people tend to do. Okay, well, I just got a little extra, so I'm just have fun with it instead of putting it to use or, you know, future things. So I graduated college at the end of 2016. And by towards the end of 2018, I was like, okay, I've been living with my parents. I really want my own place. Well, the CEO of Southern Bank Corp is actually someone I go to church with. And so he's been kind of like a family friend and all that. So he sat down with me to kind of go over my budget and stuff. And we quickly found I couldn't afford to move out, but there were things I could do with my income. So at that point, we created a plan of me paying off debt, creating a budget, you know, tracking my expenses and all these things. And really within a year and a half, my life change very quickly because after that I paid off all my credit card debt I paid off my student loan you know and so that was very helpful and after paying all that off I really could at that point afford to save. So would you say that you wanting to move out kind of fueled a little fire under you to kind of start thinking about let me budget let me plan for real? For sure I feel like you really have to have a goal is what kickstarts you you know any type of change. Things aren't just completely fine and you just make a big change. It normally is something, a driving factor or force. And so for me, it was wanting to move out. And moving out still didn't happen immediately after that. It was still another two and a half years or so before I was able to, because my mentality was when I moved out, I knew I never wanted to have to come back. 
Like my family was great and they were willing to do anything for me. But I've seen a lot of people, you know, they're just trying to rush and get out. And then a year or so, I got to come back home. So my goal was to save, you know, pay off as much debt as possible and then have a good amount of savings. So before I moved out, I had saved almost $10,000. So that was like, okay, once I, you know, do all the stuff, get my furniture, I'll still have a little nest egg that if times get hard, I can, you know, pull money, you know, from this before I was able to move. So you said, Jayla, in a year and a half after you had that sit down, your life change. Speak to that process and just kind of the methods and the things that you did to save and budget. Well, the first thing that my old boss taught me was to track your expenses because it's really hard to make a budget until you realize how much you're already spending in the first place. So for two months, he had me write down every single thing I spent money on. He said, I don't care if it's a piece of bubble gum, (laughs) write it down. And so at the end of two months, you kind of take like the averages, like you put everything in categories, like this is food, this is clothes, this is their actual bills or whatever. And try to find like on average, how much am I spending each month? And I was like, wow, I'm spending a lot of money on food. And I would love to tell you, I cook all my meals today. That is not the case. (laughs) But (laughs) back then it it really did. I was like, I'm paying like utilities in a luxury apartment on what I'm spending eating out, you know, because I was like, I would buy my lunch almost every day. Sometimes I eat out with friends on weekends and stuff like that. So that was like one of the first things I noticed where I was kind of wasting money on. And also I love to travel. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if you could actually afford it, you know, the only reason I even had probably some credit card debt is because while we're going on these trips, well, I really can't afford the flight right now. I really can't afford this whole hotel or Airbnb. And so now I'm paying interest. So I had to learn, don't put anything on my credit card that I can't pay off at the end of the month. Yes. Because, you know, of those things. So the tracking of the expenses, that will help you create a budget. And I always tell people, it's not hard to make a budget. It's hard to stick to a budget. (laughs) So you really make it realistic. Like, if you know you like to go out and get drinks with friends, include that in your budget. Like, I I knew I liked to travel. Even though I didn't travel every month, I had set aside, okay, I'm going to save $75 to $100 every single month just to go towards, say, four or five months, I want to take a little weekend trip. I would have that money. Something he even told me was like, are you not going to buy people Christmas gifts? Like you need to be saving <laughs> yeah. for Christmas. And you know, you don't be thinking about That's that in January, you, you know, that I need to start saving for Christmas. But that honestly has helped me. It's kept me from going in debt the last several Christmases because I've been saving hundreds of dollars all year long, you know. So by the time we get there, okay, I have this money already set aside. So track your expenses, make a realistic budget, stick to the budget. And also for those of us who feel like we can't afford to save, the best way to save starting out is literally just paying off your debt. So I started paying off my credit card debt first. So for me, the first credit card I paid off, it was my smallest amount of debt, but it had the highest interest rate. So that was the best one to pay off. So typically they tell you whatever has the highest interest rate or the smallest amount, because it's just easier to knock that out. So once I paid off that credit card, I had a second credit card, but the money I had been spending for that credit card, I can now add to the next credit card payment. Any extra money, if I got my taxes, if I got a bonus at work, I was just using that to quickly pay these things off, which they typically call like the snowball method. And then after that, I could start focusing on my student loan. And for a lot of us, we'll take them student loans to the grave. <laughs> but for me, you know, the Bible says, oh, no, man. So I'm trying not to make that a habit. I, I, I'm not trying to be out here on people, you know. 
and you know the lord forgives our debts but these creditors they're not typically doing that they're not walking in the spirit like they're that not. to do that for they us. don't have the spirit with them but fortunate for me i had very minor student loans compared to most people i, I got a, a whole lot of scholarships so my loan was quite small but honestly in the first six months i had been paying on it i was only paying the minimum so i hadn't even paid a thousand dollars on the loan with you know six months of payments and most of that was just going into interest i started taking every extra dime i had going towards paying off my student loan and something i found is that because interest builds up instead of putting just one large lump sum once a month i would start paying it twice a month because the interest even if i was only going to pay 300 dollars for the whole month i pay 150 on the 15th and the other 150 on the end of the month because less interest would build up in between time so sometimes it's just trying to whatever way you can figure out to beat the system (laughs) is what you got to do and it worked out for me that's awesome that's awesome so is there any like specific websites or apps or journaling or those type of things that you did yeah for me i'm pretty old school so my budget was all in just an excel spreadsheet and i put in the formulas and so that way it would calculate for me let me know if i had gone over how much money i should have left and things like that i'm trying to think of an app if at one point in time I did have like a budgeting app on my phone I can't remember the name of it now or it was even one of those apps that kind of like will round up your things so it help you save your purchases that's something you should figure out at your bank I know a lot of banks have this where anytime you swipe your debit card it'll round it up to the nearest dollar so if something was just five dollars and five cents they're going to round it up to six but that other 95 cents will go into your savings account so that's another good way to help people to start saving. Like I said, because I'm old school, I like to kind of see my things out. And sometimes the apps, like they assume things, but you can't perfect it to you specifically. But there's times I'm sure out there, you just have to, you know, do some Googling. Yeah, I personally use the personal capital app because it links all my assets, liabilities, and then it creates a budget kind of off of that, or at least shows me, well, it creates one and shows me where I've been spending money. It's probably not as detailed as the Excel sheet though, because it really just gives me percentages, but I can kind of generally tell, like I know I eat out a lot. So that category is always red, like it's always high. But then if I notice one month, like, dang, there's just some random... (laughs) other and it's higher than my food then I know okay I'm tripping I've been swiping my card and then also Jayla I know for me when I kind of was trying to learn how to become a little bit more financially literate I started doing the cash method when I very first started and that really helped me as long as I could stay consistent I guess my biggest issue with it was I just don't like carrying cash or having cash but it really did keep me consistent it kept me focused too because here's the other thing mindset (laughs) yeah here's the other thing mindset once I had that cash in those envelopes I literally didn't want to take it out and spend it I didn't want to give somebody physical cash so stuff like that does work and I have been looking for more and more ways girl I try to do some budgeting on some gift cards okay got the gift cards all set up all cute only to find out they were non-reloadable I said well that doesn't help (laughs) but I was like that's a genius idea I'm gonna just get some gift cards because once the money's gone it's gone I can't swipe it my debit card I can keep swiping credit too yeah I like what you said with the budgeting part if you budget or pay off those debts 
that will help you with the saving aspect. And you paying off the debts, you're, you're going to eventually have that extra income. And then with that extra income, you're not paying on debts, you can actually save. So I have heard just working in the financial industry before, people want to put their money, their tax refund, their stimulus checks into a savings account when they have three times the amount of debt and they're getting paid cents on the dollar in their savings account. It is so critical to just use those funds to pay on the debts so that your assets and the money that you have liquid increases. You're not having to, exactly. oh, well, I do have to pay this credit card. It's eventually. saving you more money in the long run. Like, yes. Just like what you were saying, a lot of times, especially a credit card, you know that interest rate is going to be higher thousands times higher than what they're paying Thanks. you in interest, you know. And speaking of that, I would encourage people get an online savings account once you are ready to start saving because they pay you so much more in interest. It's still not a lot. Like I got like $5,000 and they pay me like $2 a month. So that's not a lot. But the average brick and mortar bank is going to pay you a dollar every three months yeah, <laughs> or a quarter or six months, you know, if that. So, and you can find bankrate.com is something I like to look at. Like when I was looking for the best online savings account, you go to bankrate.com and like they told you like from everything, who had the highest percentage, how good was the app, how easy is it like to access the money, their customer service. Also, if they had, like some people say you have to have at least $500 to start the savings account, whereas others said you only had to have 50. So there's lots of things out there to kind of help you find what's the best account for you. I'm glad you told me that, girl, because as soon as I go back to work, what? I'm going to get on bank Google. Matter of fact, psych, <laughs> I'm going to just text you. Jayla, which one you pick? Send me that playing. link again. <laughs> Send me the link. Yes, but Jayla, you spoke to your mentor, the member that you went to church with and the CEO, giving you the advice that put you first or pay you first. What's some other advice financially that you've received that you would spread to others and really made a difference in your finances? Okay, so of course, we've already talked about the debt and also about paying yourself first. It can be in multiple ways. Like how I pay myself first, I invest in my 401k. So before money is even, you know, I receive my net income, that money has already gone into my 401k. But also that saves you with taxes. So less taxes are being taken out of your check. Also paying myself first. Of course, it's good to have some liquid savings. But something I recently just heard was somebody saying it was almost like your cousin's cash or something like that saying never have a whole bunch of cash in an account because if your family finds out you got all this cash, people are going to be asking you for money. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, you just want a little bit of liquidity, but have your money tied up in like investments and assets or things that's constantly growing it because if the money's there, you'll use it or somebody will ask you to use it. Like the account that I said was online, for me, that is my emergency savings. So no matter what somebody asks me for some money, that's not an option <laughs> because I don't even touch that money. And with the online account, it's not even something, I, if I needed it tomorrow, it would take a minute. Like it has to be transferred back to my regular bank and all that. So that's something, some good advice is to keep, get you some emergency savings that you never really touch and it doesn't have to be a whole lot just three to six months and that's your money like god forbid i lose my job mm -hmm. this is the money i go to it's always good to have like a little fun money but that's not your fun money so you said you invest in your 401k when you pay yourself first right so i'm just recently and this is so bad 
okay don't judge me sis but i'm just now recently opening up my roth ira what i realized is when i first started working as a nurse i did not see the benefit in contributing to retirement i did not care and i did not do it and that comes with financial literacy because and also me being hard-headed because my parents swore by it but i just didn't care but i learned later that the reason that i didn't contribute to it is because truthfully when i was living in dallas they only pay like two dollars more than living in arkansas so it was like a financial like i was already stretched thin financially and then it's like y'all gonna take another seven percent and nah, i can't afford that but i do wish i had known at least about the roth ira or something when i first went out to go travel nursing because you don't really get access to employee sponsored retirement plans now you can but <laughs> no nurse stays with one company so it's really hard and so i think you talking about that how you pay yourself first how you invest in retirement and then also earlier we had someone tell us about different type of roth which is for children i had never heard of that in my life until she told us just now she also spoke about mindset like you did and tracking your expenses so i'm noticing in the financial realm all these things that we think are small tidbits like oh track your expenses it's like okay sure create a budget okay sure stick to your budget okay sure but no when you really take the time out to actually do it it is really going to put you in a better financial position i mean you said it yourself a year and a half later your whole life changed can you pay my taxes <laughs> since your life changed please it had changed like that you know i'm still I, you know i'm not making nurse money like you yet so you, if anything no, no ma'am if anything i'm gonna be sleeping on your couch after i pay this tax bill she because cousin's cash here cousin's cash facts <laughs> it really is a lot about the mindset like you're saying and also just we just have to do more reading and sharing these tidbits because what it seems like basic knowledge to you like you said someone else you know doesn't know like mm -hmm. i'm learning more about roth ras and you know what's the best you know the more money you have should you do a roth or should you like do the normal 401k and you know things of that nature so it's a lot of things whether it's like groups on facebook like part of the whole pay yourself first also came it's this organization that was started in little rock it's called save 10. it's encouraging women to save 10 percent for retirement it's through like the women's foundation of arkansas and so it's all about women saving for retirement because women are so much more likely than men to be impoverished in old age and when you think about it it really makes sense because one you have the wealth pay gap Besides the pay gap, women are typically the caregivers to children and sick parents. So we take much more time off of work than they do. And men, a lot of times, traditionally have been providers and we outlive men most times. So if you live another 10, 15 years past your husband and y'all were already sharing his retirement together, you know, the last years of your life can be, you know, a big struggle. So that's what save 10 is all about just encouraging women to be ready for retirement but what i was saying when i started at southern one of the best things about them was that as soon as they gave me the job offer they were encouraging me in you know rolling the 401k and eventually it became automatic as soon as you applied you're automatically enrolled at six percent now you could say you didn't want it and they would take you out but a lot of people it's, if it's easier to just keep it going then, you know, that's just how people react. And also the earlier you start, I've never seen one of my checks as an adult without money coming out for my 401k. So it's never felt like a big deal. So I've never felt like, ooh, and at the time I wasn't making a whole bunch. So it's not like, ooh, I wish I had that last $100. I never felt like that, you know, seeing that money come out of my check. I was just used to it happening. And my current job, each year while you're there, they will automatically enroll you. And these jobs also, you want a job that's gonna match 
Right. Like they would match me up to 6%. Exactly. Um, so it's not much of a help if they just keep rolling you up and they ain't matching none of the money. But if they're matching you, you always want to take the match because that's just free money you're leaving on the table. So always take the free match. And then also, like with my job, I traditionally will get a bonus or something over the year or a merit raise. Well, if you're getting a raise each year, even if it's just a couple of percentage points, they're only taking your 401k up 1%. So it's not like I'm ever missing that money because I'm getting paid more each year. So that's something I would strongly encourage you. Now, even myself, 10% was a big jump when I started at six, but I'm at nine now. So come next year, I'll be fully at the 10%. That's goals, Jayla. But seriously, those questions do really, as adults, we, or millennials, really do need to ask because like you said, when you first start off in a big girl job, it automatically does happen a lot of times, but being or working with someone that doesn't match, you know, sometimes it, you just have to ask the right questions. But I love that because I did the same thing. They automatically enrolled me when I started back eight years ago. And I didn't realize about two years in that, you know, I could up my contribution to the free match. Why not? It's free money. So I did that. So I literally love that you even gave us that tidbit of information. Along your journey, Jayla, would you say there's any like misconceptions or misinformation you stumbled upon that you say is like a big do not when it comes to budgeting and saving? I would say a big do not is like some of this is just basic stuff that you feel like everyone should do, but it's not one size fit all. So you have to just do your research, you know, and don't expect the same things that like our parents did. Like older generations, they're always talking about, you know, invest in real estate and do this and do that and do not stay at the same job for the rest of your life. That is the biggest right. do not I can give you for financial advice. And for me personally, I don't like change. I kind of go with the flow. If things are going well, I'm going to stay where I'm at. But, um, with this new job I have now, I've been there about five months. And the job I was at before, I was there full-time for years. I even interned with them while I was in college. So that's like probably about six years of my life. And it was a great company, wonderful company. It was very difficult for me to leave. And the moment I even started telling my family and friends, I was like somewhere else, it was like, were you sure? You know, they've been really good to you at this job and this and that. And yes, they were. But by leaving that job, I've gotten a new job that was almost paying me triple my salary. So there's no reason, no job is that good. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, turn down some money. And also, as much as I love that company, I'm so close to those people, they've had to find someone or people to replace me. You know, that's just the cycle of things. And right around the time I was making that transition, I was seeing this thing go around the, some article in Forbes was talking about, anytime you stay at a job more than two years, you are cutting your, earning potential by 50% over your lifetime. Oh, oh my God. I know. So people are so afraid to leave, but it makes perfect sense because even a good job, your raise each year is going to range maybe somewhere between two and 5%. Now, if you get a big promotion, maybe they jump you up to 10% or something. But it's rare at your same job are people just paying you tens of thousands more each year. Well, most people aren't going to leave a job unless they're, if you make $40,000 an hour, most likely you're going to hope your next job is going to ask for 50. So it, it makes sense. Each transition causes you to receive a lot more money. And a lot of times my parents were supportive of me, but a lot of people, even I had us, they said, well, you sure you don't want to just stay and ask for a raise? But then when I told them how much this new job was paying, it was like, well, leave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go, go. Get, get. Once they knew your potential to earn, sis, they was like, never mind, never mind, never mind. Go ahead and but, do it. 
I think a lot of our parents and grandparents, they really come from this. If a job allowed you to provide for your family and they treated you halfway decent, you stay and then you retire. Well, that doesn't work now. That's why our families don't really have generational wealth because we have one form of income and you've kept the same job. And it's good to share this. Even my dad has since quit his job that he'd been at 15 years since I got this new job and has gone somewhere else because he realized one, he wasn't being appreciated in this job. He'd reached the highest amount of money like that they would pay in this role. So there was, what's the reason to stay? Even when he told people he was leaving, well, you sure you want to leave after 15 years? Hell yeah, what is here for me? Right. (laughs) When someone else is willing to pay me more, they're talking about career advancements and things of that nature. So I just say, let go of fear, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes senior advice isn't always the best advice. If you don't look at mom and daddy's life and feel like I want a life just like that, well, that's probably not the advice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's good advice. That's sound. And it's just really difficult, I feel like, you know, for people to understand. Like, I have a cousin who recently moved to Dallas. Well, he does all type of day trading and different jobs. He has multiple streams of income, but right now he doesn't have a full-time job. Well, he moved to Dallas and is paying like $1,500 in rent. But he also owns a house in Little Rock, but he's using it for an Airbnb. My grandfather, he couldn't wrap his mind around. <laughs> Why would he pay this type of money? He done moved and he ain't got no job. What is he going to do? Well, I, I believe in my cousin. I feel like he, I don't think he would have moved if he couldn't afford to, you know, live there. And that's not me talking bad about my grandfather. The thing is, this man is 70 some years old. That's not what people were doing, was leaving jobs that were paying them good enough just to take risks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also like the world we live in is not the world he lived in either. So we have a lot more access now than they ever has. My mom says it all the time when I get up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go work in Cali. She's like, what? Like, I just don't get you millennials. Y'all don't stay in one job. Y'all just hop around. Even she'll ask. We stay and be broke. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I am already underappreciated. And you want me to be broke? Nah, bro, I can't do it. But I'm going to go travel five states over and I'll be back, friends, family, in about two months. See y'all. So, yes, I love that you brought that up because it's absolutely true. I mean, my mom is not 76 years old, but she's in her 50s. And that's her mindset, too. Like, if it's working, why are you going to venture out? But I'm like, mom, you know, I'm a visionary, okay? I just see more for myself than what is this. And I think on our show before, we spoke about the progression of life a little bit, how our parents pretty much just tell us, go to school, get a career, do this, do this. Well, now you got Gen Z on YouTube making $1 million a year showing toys. So not saying they don't need to follow the track of what their parents have said or need to go down that same path for college like we did, but they have so many more opportunities and it's clear by a kid unwrapping a toy and making a million dollars a year. What? Why do we go to college? I'm still questioning it every day. <laughs> what? Yeah. For real. Like, I'm just questioning I love it. that though. Like you said, the job creation, the jobs that we have now are not the jobs that they even thought to have back then. Nobody, they were asking us, what do you want to be when you grow up? TikTok didn't exist. While I was in elementary school, I didn't even know really about YouTube yet. So I couldn't have dared thought, you know, I want to be an influencer. <laughs> what is that? Right. And I wish I did. Right. Even if you listen to some of the influencers like Jackie Ina, she will say it all the time. This job did not exist 10 years ago. It just happened. It just spurt. 
as the world changed, it became a thing, but it wasn't intentional. So I love that you bring that up. I feel like you really broke it down and spoke really well to our audience about how you went about doing anything. And so is there any encouragement that you would like to give to anybody who may feel like I'm really trying to start saving and I'm just, I just can't do it. Or, oh my God, I've been doing this. I'm not getting anywhere. I might as well just slide back, do what I was doing. Or even you spoke about earlier, the person that moved out too quickly had to move back in with their parents. I would imagine that that is discouraging for them to feel so accomplished and I done moved and I done did all this. And then oh, I had to scale it back, move back in with my parents. How am I going to restart? So you give any encouragement to that? Give them a good word. You just have to have faith, faith in yourself. If you, you know, are religious, faith in God. My mama always tells me all the time, let God dream a bigger dream for you. And when she's saying that, it's because our mindsets are so small. Even this job I currently have, I'm thankful. And I don't say this to brag at all, Sierra. You and I have talked about this before, but I'm making way more money than honestly I would have thought I'd made in my lifetime just because I haven't seen my parents make that. I haven't seen my grandparents make that. You know, so you really have to go out on faith and also stop looking at other people or comparing your lives to other people because it was very easy for me to do that. You know, I didn't move out my parents' house until like a month after my 25th birthday. I never thought I would be there that long. I thought, okay, I'm gonna graduate college. Maybe I'll be here three months. And three months turned into four years. <laughs> so I was not prepared for that at all. But you just, like when they say, keep your eye on the prize, just think about your goals, you know? Don't be afraid. Like for me, I just knew I didn't want to come back home. But I've known people who have gone back home and that was the very best thing for them. You know, no one enjoys telling themselves no. <laughs> and that's literally all budgeting is. But instead of feeling like, oh, I'm telling myself no, think about, I'm telling myself not right now. Or better yet, I'm telling myself, I'm, I got something better. This right here that feels like a small luxury. Like my dad talks about, this is just instant gratification. But what I can have in the long term can be so much better. So just tell yourself a few no's, you know, right now, and you have no idea what can come by simply saying, you know what, I'm not going to go out to eat today. I'm going to cook. No, I don't want them leftovers at home, <laughs> but I'm going to eat them. You know, no, I don't really think I'm qualified for this job, but I'm going to apply anyway. You just, it's taking risks that really aren't even that big of risk. <laughs> it's just literally sometimes start asking yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. And also just being motivated to try some new things. I love that, Jayla. I really do. This is awesome. Like tracking your expenses, paying on your debt, saving, you know, the online savings account. Like this is just amazing advice. And we really do appreciate you being on the show with us, spending time educating us and sharing your personal experience. Because baby, a year and a half, I want my life to change too. What? Well, you said a year and a half. I said, me too. Sign me up. Whatever I need to do. What? Okay. <laughs> okay. So once again, Jayla, how can the people find you? Okay. I'm on social media. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JJ underscore Renee. And that's J-Y-J-Y. -J -Y, and Renee is R-E-N-E-E. -E. Awesome, girl. Mm, good sis. Good financial sis. We're going to have to talk because you ain't tell me about them accounts. I'm just saying. Mm, he told me about the stuff. websites and things. The save 10. Send you leaks. know I would have did that. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to talk. But yes. I'll be looking up to you, Sierra. I'll be waiting on you to give me the advice, you know? <laughs> All I do is work, sis. I'm trying. I'm Jayla, I'm literally just now learning where to put my money. Thank you, Jayla. Yes, Jayla. And as usual, that's Friend. a wrap. That's a wrap. Mm -hmm.
We out. <laughs> All right, friend. All right, friend. Let's wrap this episode on up. To those of you who joined us, you're a real one for listening, and we will. Now, wait a minute, friend. I think they should go check out our social media pages. Oh, yes. Don't forget to follow us. Right. So on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at Pam and Gina Podcast or Twitter, Pam Gina Podcast. Make sure you listen to our other podcast. Uh-huh. And then go tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend and their other friend to listen as well. Okay. <laughs> love you, big friend. Love you, big friend. And we love y'all for tuning in with us. Right. So make sure y'all keep on listening to the Pam. And Gina podcast. podcast.